Hey everyone, we're back with another week of Find Your Film. This is for week, ep- I'm, I was going to say what number week, but this is episode number 123 for the first time in F forever. If this is the first time I'm actually co- correctly looking at the Google Doc, it is episode 123. We have a lot of movies to cover. Thank you, Bruce Perky, for that number 123 for the for this week. Very interesting. What are you drinking? Is that a, a merch? No, no, there's no merch um, mug that you're drinking, Bruce? Or, no, uh, I'm not. I've got a no. merch shirt, though. Oh, merch shirt? You have our our find your film shirt eric holmes has a find your film glass speaking of find your film glass or glasses eric holmes did one of our favorite filmmakers receive a glass from find your film this week he did i uh felt it uh necessary to send juan diego escobar escobar alzate a glass a t-shirt and a hoodie i mean he did come up with this beautiful logo so yes thank you and he's the director behind what what movie did he direct oh that what what is that movie i believe it's lose the flower of evil lose the flower of evil fantastic and you should go watch it yes and juan diego escobar is out there very talented filmmaker eric holmes was the first person out of us basically out of us trio who actually really really loved the film and Bruce and I immediately jumped on board. Bruce has seen it at least a couple of times. He even uh, preferred it upon a second showing. We were looking for a logo, and I believe either Bruce or Eric, or maybe both at the same time, hit up Juan Diego Escobar Alzate, and he immediately created this beautiful logo, which adorns Eric Holmes' backdrop, virtual backdrop right now. It's a black and white, by the way. Yes, and the and it also it adorns our glass, yeah, our find your film glass, glass. the apple juice glass. Yeah, very good. Eric Holmes is drinking apple juice, and of course that is not beer; that is apple juice, folks. That is that's very cool, really good. So, by the way, what was the postage for that? You got the hoodie, the shirt, and the the glassware. Was that expensive? Just to send out where, just just over to his residence? I mean, it's not next door to Colorado Springs. It's weird. So, here's a hot tip: if you have to uh, send anything overseas. I went to FedEx, I believe, and it was going to be like 200 something dollars to send that. And yeah. I was like, ooh, geez, that's a little more than I was expecting. And just for shits and giggles, I went to the post office, and they're like, yeah, it'd be about 14 bucks. I'm like, mm. all right. I was like, because I just went to the FedEx, and uh, they said it'd be like 200 something. It's like, yeah, that's weird, because we actually go through FedEx for international things, so I don't know how that works, but. <laughs> that is weird. So, basically- so if you got to send something internationally. If you're in the states and you have to send something internationally, check the you know if if you check the FedEx and the UPS, maybe check uh check the post office because it'll be likely be a fraction of what you would pay otherwise. Yes, fourteen dollars is better than two hundred dollars. Speaking of, also one is better than two. How do I know this equation? Well, both Eric Holmes and Bruce Berkey, they actually I'm not, not going to say they they trolled it. They actually sent a couple of questions to Joe Dante's podcast, Movies That Made Me with Josh Olson. Bruce Berkey, can you tell me what you and Eric? I guess it wasn't a coordinated email. Tell us about some of the email questions that that got onto that really wonderful podcast. Well, once a year, they do a uh, just a mailbag episode. And last year, I think both of us hopped on it last year, too, because we probably both are, you know, subscribed. So we see when they post. And uh, this year, they did the same thing. And I think Eric might have just gone in ahead of me. And I came in a few minutes later and added my question. And lo and behold, they answered them both. Uh, I didn't get as much love as Eric. Eric is absolutely loved by them and actually has an offer that if he fulfills their request uh i think they're going to give you a role in the movie or something i forget what it was a writer's no. credit something no nah, it's probably like a name of, I, I think they were being nice 
<laughs> I'd hold them to it. If you get enough money for them to make a movie, I mean, you've got it on tape. All you got to do is say, here you yeah. go. <laughs> Eric, what is your question? What, what did you ask Joe Dante? I, I just Josh asked Wilson. why they haven't made a movie together and they haven't made a movie together because they couldn't come up with the funding for it. But uh, Josh Olson put out a number. It's like, yeah, hey, I come up with like three or four million. I'm like, Psh. I got that in my back pocket, please. <laughs> so they're crowdfunding. They're they're just getting. Their so I'm th- I'm thirty one dollars into the into the three million. So that means I got two million nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred sixty nine dollars left to go and change. And, uh, yeah, might 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 make it another twenty dollars today. Who knows? <laughs> Bruce you think Josh we'll Olsen be chipping and, away at that slowly. Yeah, Josh Josh Olson and Joe Dante, three to four million dollar for a movie. How do you think it'll work out? What kind of movie do you think they'll make? I think they could make a pretty pretty great movie, actually. Um as long as they don't have to spend a bunch of money on CGI and stuff, I think they'll make a they'll make a small gritty thriller with gremlins or werewolves or <laughs> dolls that come to life or you know, something. Something like that. I'm not very good in math, Eric, but if, if everyone who's been a fan of Olsen and Dante's work actually contributed just a dollar, we're assuming there's at least several million fans out there, right, of their stuff. And that money could just go right into their coffers. I would so. think so. But I don't I don't work in Hollywood, so there's probably things about it that I'm not aware of. Hmm. But who knows? Like a, a lot of the filmmakers, like uh, you hear Jim Cummings, like, oh, just make the movie. So it's it's like the easiest thing in the world. But then you talk to other filmmakers and it's like, well, you can't just make a movie. So I I don't know who to believe. I know it's hard. I know it's hard to get it off the ground. But, you mm. know, yeah, we'll it's, see what happens. We'll see what happens. OK, so we know that Joe Don, Eric, you want Joe Dante and Olsen to make a movie. Bruce, if you had your, your wish list, what the, what director, if you could give money to other than these two, what director would you like to see his or her movie just funded? Um, well, I mean, I'm trying to think of a director that's not actually making movies because there's some of those. Some of the people I would put on that list are making movies right now. I would probably put um, I would probably give money to John Carpenter. And say, make an absolutely new like project that your dream project that you never got to do, something like that. Like maybe yeah. he could make his western. He always wanted to make a western, and he never did. So John Carpenter, make a western. Right. Well, you know, I'd give money to the Russo brothers. They're coming out with a low budget movie in a couple of weeks called The Gray Man on Netflix. I think they need a little bit of cash. What do you think? Crowdfunding for the Russo brothers, Eric Bruce. What do you think? Um, I I would give money to the good Russo. The good, the good Joe Russo. Joe Russo, you got a crowdfund for Joe Russo. Very one of the hardest working men in Hollywood. He's a writer, producer, and a director. And we've had him. We have had Joe Russo on Find Your Film before, and also the aforementioned Juan Diego Escobar Alzate. Very, very great filmmakers, and we're very filmmaker centric. Speaking of which, last week we covered filmmaker Jules Dassin, and next week for our Find Your Film episode, Bruce. What will we be covering? Who will we be covering and what films? Uh, we'll be covering uh, Repo Man, which if you go to – I don't know if you can get this to show up. because yeah, no worries. Thing. If you can uh, go to the Criterion sale at Barnes & Noble, you can get Repo Man Criterion Edition for only 20 bucks, which is what I did. It's got a giant booklet. It's really cool. And then we're also going to watch – which I have not seen. We're going to watch Highway Patrolman. Highway Patrolman. Okay. And you just – did you just pick that out of the hat because you've you, because you've never seen this Cox film? Is that why, Greg? Yeah, Greg, I mean, Bruce, real quick, Greg. Bruce doesn't what? pick movies out of a hat. He picks them out of a box. <laughs> my fault. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. Go very on. Good. Very good. Hat, very good. Eric. Dare you? Um, yes, my fault. I um, 
Well, I looked at, I, I could have done Sid and Nancy. I really like Sid and Nancy. And um, I thought about the other, a couple other ones he has, but I had never heard of this one. It was from the same era and it had a similar overall rating. And I thought it sounded really interesting just by the little teeny blurb. I didn't watch a trailer or anything. And I thought this sounds interesting and I've never seen this movie. I, I want to give it a try. Okay, well, hopefully we all know how good Repo Man is. Well, I don't. I've just read about how awesome it is. I've 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 never seen it, and I've never seen Highway Patrolman. Would be really interesting to see what you guys think as well. Join us in on this journey. It's maybe, who knows, maybe you'll watch these movies by the time our, our uh, episode comes out next week and we start recording. So again, that's Alex Cox's Highway Patrolman and the more popular Repo Man starring Emilio Estevez. Now, for our features, we have three movies, Girl in the Picture, that's a documentary, the Prey, Legend of Afghan Yeti. Is that the correct title, Bruce Berkey? Uh, yes, I translated Carnoctus or whatever it is, and that is what it translates to. And I apologize. I said that on the last hodgepodge. I actually read it from the Google Doc. <laughs> F you, Bruce Berkey. <laughs> it's actually The Prey, Legend of Carnoctus. There's a reason why. There's a re- there's a method to Bruce's madness. There's a reason why it's called Legend of Afghan Yeti. That's why he wanted wanted to rename it. But the real name again is the Prey Legend of Carnoctus. We're talking about monikers left and right. Is it even worth talking about? We'll get to that shortly. Finally, we'll be gonna be uh, we're gonna cover a movie called Both Sides of the Blade, headlined by Juliet Binoche and Vincent Linden. Where do we what do we know Vincent or or I don't know it's it's Paris. So do you call him Vincent or Vincent Linden? Do do we know him, Eric or Bruce? What was the previous movie that we loved him in? The the the, the oh. Teton. Teton. The, Teton. <laughs> yeah. Come on, Teton. Bruce, you loved that. Was that one of your favorites from last year, Bruce? Teton. Yeah, I think it was my number two. Okay. Now both sides of the blade centers. On, it's a love triangle. I'm looking right now on my iPhone as far as a plot summary. But look, I don't. I really don't need to look at it too much. It opens in theaters July 8th. Only in theaters, not on on demand or on digital. It centers on this really loving couple. Couple. They're very passionate. There's Jean and Sarah. Sarah's played by Juliette Binoche, and Jean is played by Vincent Linden. And what happens is they're ten years into their relationship. It starts off with them on, I, I believe, they're on a vacation and everything's cool. They have a really great apartment in the middle of the city. They have a great balcony overlooking the city. They are early to mid fifties, very in love couple. Very everything's good. Until one day, Sarah's walking down the street and she happens upon her ex-lover, Francois, played by Gregor Colin, I believe. Let me, Gregor. Yeah, Gregor Colin. And Francois, it's a chance meeting. He doesn't see her, but she sees him out of the corner of her, of her eye. And as soon as she sees him, her world is turned upside down because she still holds feelings for this for her ex-lover. Now, the catch is Francois, things get worse for her because her her lover Jean decides to become business partners with Francois. He starts working with Francois. They're trying to recruit players for, I guess, a new rugby team or whatever. That's not really specified. Jean or John, however you pronounce his name, he's not exactly. He's an ex-con, and he is pretty much dependent on Sarah. He's dependent on so many things, and he's hoping that actually teaming up with Francois in some kind of business venture will land him some kind of. Stability, financial stability, or just make him more of a wage earning man. And he's not, a, he's kind of also a deadbeat, deadbeat dad. And that's kind of touched on as well in both sides of the blade. It is directed by internationally renowned filmmaker Claire Denis. Again, that is both sides of the blade. It's a winner of best director at the Berlinale of this year, 2022. Eric Holmes, let's start with you regarding both sides of the blade. Your thoughts on this movie. 
Uh, this was pretty good. It, it was kind of like a kind of like a blue Valentine without the back and forth. Like it was pretty pretty linear. There wasn't any flashbacks or anything. But uh, you got a uh, basically it's just a love story, a good relationship, and slowly kind of unraveling and turning turning bad. Don't know what to say about the end, but it ended in a uh, pretty satisfying way, I think. Um, and uh, yeah, this is not really my cup of tea, but this was uh, this was like a good version of this, I think. Um, not didn't quite uh, set my life on fire like Paris Thirteen District did, but I I would kind of put it up there, like uh, not quite neck and neck with it, but like pretty close because I, I just liked how the how they set up the characters and the relationship dynamic and how it played out between the two of them. And uh, there's uh, especially towards the end, it gets uh, to some parts where it gets a little hairy uh, when, when certain things in the relationship come to light and just uh, kind of, they're following the one guy and uh, he hasn't, he hasn't messed up yet, but you could see the anger kind of coming out of him. It's like, Oh God, don't, do, no, don't do the thing. Don't do the thing. Um, but yeah, this was good stuff. Yeah, both sides of the play. It's very interesting. Just critically acclaimed filmmaker, critically acclaimed actors. So many different th- threads. I'm glad you liked it, Eric. Here's my thing with this. There are some plot threads in this movie that are just absolutely unnecessary. Julia Binoche as Sarah, she is sort of a um, pretty much a radio journalist interviewer. And there's this whole thing about, I think, uh, maybe immigration or this uh, crisis in Lebanon. I don't know. There's this world crisis. They try to tie that in together. There's this uh, Gene and his... His son, yeah, it, there's that that thread is kind of weird. There's a lot of different plot elements. Maybe for me, th- these elements didn't gel. Bruce, did this movie gel for you, this whole narrative of all these threads? Am I being a little bit too uh, mean to this narrative? Or did you think this, w- did you like it as much as Eric? No, I don't think you're being too mean. I, that is almost exactly my thoughts too. Uh, I think that the there's kind of this whole racial class subplot, like you said, with her being this radio host almost like an NPR host. I don't know what it is right. in, in France, but the version of that, I guess. And then the the son, and I kind of understand why the son is there to kind of flesh out the the character played by uh, the, the Vincent John Linden, yeah. character. John, John yeah. Um, kind of to, to flesh him out a little bit, but I didn't think you needed to get that to understand him. And I, I kind of agree with you. I think that, which I think you're saying is that if we focus just pretty much on those three characters and the interaction and what that's going to mean to their lives, you know, the, the old flame who was irresponsible and that's why she left him to go for the responsible guy, or at least the dependable guy. And then to see how that is kind of replaying the other way and how will that end up? I think that is enough, even though it might not be the most revolutionary story in the world, that's enough. That's a human story for you to latch onto, I think. And I think that the key is also her character, right? The most interesting thing about this movie to me is her character because her character is a very flawed character, like a real person who is literally emotionally torn. And she doesn't do things that are necessarily the best choices because she is torn and she gets called on it by all sides. And it, it becomes quite a problem. And I guess my my overall take is I'm somewhat similar to Eric. I might be a little lower. I don't know where he's going to rate it. I, I think that the acting and the the interpersonal acting scenes 
in this movie are very strong. Like this movie falls flat on its face if it doesn't have these actors in the lead roles. Because <laughs> Juliette Binoche and uh, Vincent Linden are so good. And when they're together, the way they interact off each other with the script they have is impeccable. I mean, it's it's nearly marriage story level interactions in some of these scenes. Yes. The story itself is not marriage story level. That's the problem. So so I would say for me, it's a mild recommend almost solely on the backs uh, of the actors as far as the performances they give. Um, they're really, really good. Well, that sounds like a mild recommendation for you, Bruce. Yeah. Eric, Eric do you agree? Do you agree that it's far, it's pretty much the anchor of this whole? It's not your type of film, but I think you ended up liking it a little bit more than Bruce and I did. Did you did you feel there was more than than the actual performances? The actual story itself grabbed yeah, you, I guess. You know, so the the part with the and you can cut this out if this is spoiler. I don't think it is, but maybe it is. But the 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 deal with the son, I think that sets up uh, the stakes of the relationship. Like that, that's why that's in there. Because otherwise, it's just a man and woman together, and if they break up, oh, well, that happens. But he's in a position, or at least this is kind of how I read it, he's in a position where he basically chose her over his son. Uh, mm -hmm. Is that is that that's a not a spoiler? That's that? not a spoiler. That's not a spoiler at all. Okay. That's so when, when things in the relationship start to go south, this isn't just a, oh, no, I'm breaking up with my girlfriend. This is, uh, I left my son for you and <laughs> I'm not happy about where this is going. So I, I think it just kind of raises the stakes a little more by having, uh, that angle in it that you wouldn't have if it was just, if it was just the two of them with a, uh, with the third part of Francois in there. Yeah. I initially was sounding very dismissive, a little bit dismissive of, of this movie. Again, I don't know much about Claire Denis. I think Eric... You, Eric, and, and Bruce, you guys have seen more of Claire Denise's stuff. I mean, even with that movie High Life, I still haven't seen that with Robert Pattinson. But there are some really great cinematic flourishes in this movie. Both sides of the blade. The music's fantastic. It feels like it's coming out of some kind of suspense thriller Alfred Hitchcock movie. And you're thinking, is something weird going to happen? Is something very mysterious? And I, what? And, and then you realize this is not a spoiler. This is really a relationship drama filled with a score that in, in many ways, I mean this in the best way, pays homage to someone like a Bernard Herman or something. <laughs> so that's awesome. And also there are some, there is this one monologue going back to what you were saying, Eric. With Vincent Linden and his son, and he's trying to give his son some salient advice, and like like I do in my previous relationships, he just goes in circles and <laughs> says the same thing over and over again for about seven or eight minutes. It's it's interminable, a little bit. It's annoying, but it's so well done. And then Eric, what you're saying about these kind of showdowns in the in the apartment that they share is really explosive as well. There's so many really interesting things to enjoy about both sides of the blade. For but for me, I'm I'm pretty much agreeing with you, Bruce. It really lies on the back of of Julie Pinoche, who I you know personally I I've always been madly in crush with her, and seeing Julie Pinoche in anything, I. The automatically kind of like a three star film for me, and this is where this movie this where this is where this movie lands for me. This is a mild recommend for me. Both sides of the blade, three stars for me. Eric Holmes, you had something to say? Oh, I was going to say just uh, you know uh, you don't need this uh, advice from me, but I'll throw it out there anyway. Don't mm -hmm. forsake your children for a relationship. Yeah, I'm cutting you that. Can't, out. You can if I'm you kidding. want, but just saying, <laughs> just saying, might don't not do be that. The best idea. You're right. Very good advice from Eric Holmes. But so what is your rating on both sides of the blade? Mm -hmm. 
I kind of want to go. I'm between three and a half and four. Oh, um, love it. Pro- <clears throat> probably, probably say three and a half because again, this is not my type of movie, but I, I, I still liked it for what it was. And before we get to your rating, Bruce, let me just put a fine point to this: the ending of both sides of the blade, I thought was pretty effective. Yeah. Really cool. There are some really cool films, cool moments about this. Maybe, I don't know, this might have be a room to grow with kind of rating, but right now for me, it's a three. Throw it to you, Bruce, on both sides of the blade. I think I'm the same as you. I think I'm three stars. And I would add to it too that if you are a person that really likes kind of intense, close, you know, relationship dramas, you'll probably love this movie. I mean, I think that if that's, if you're already in that realm, it's really good for that it's just it's kind of not at least for eric and me it's not really our cup of tea necessarily and eric gave it three and a half stars which yeah is he gave cool. it the most yeah he yeah, the, this, yeah is this is three and a half surprising. stars coming from someone that doesn't like this sort of thing yeah so that's a pretty that's a that's pretty good it turns out those french people make pretty good movies huh yeah who knew <laughs> <laughs> they do we watch us and never get any listen from france, especially the way i pronounce jean aka jean so i apologize for that there's going to be a lot of apologies on this episode by the way Hey there, classmates. Tune in to Middle Class Film Class every Monday and Wednesday for weekly movie news, streaming picks, and one deep dive review. The Batman trailer. There was a teaser. There was a trailer. Trailer one, trailer two. Final trailer? I don't know if it's the same one. How many trailers do we need exactly? Leave an email or a voicemail to join in the discussion. Bullshit artist! Uh, <laughs> yeah, buddy! All right. awesome. You're going full Danzig. Right, I am. My, my trans has no power, power over me. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm going to personally apologize to Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes for this movie called The Prey, Legend of Afghan Yeti, a.k.a. the real name, The Prey, Legend of Karnoctis. My my theory on this movie was it was really getting some real, some excellent ratings on Rotten Tomatoes via the, the audience rating. So Bruce was alluding to in a, in a previous conversation before we signed on that sometimes to trust a Rotten Tomatoes score I mean, you're playing a sort of a weird kind of game there. Don't always trust in much respect to Rotten Tomatoes. Sometimes a rating isn't 100% accurate, okay? And for me, the, the Prey Legend of Karnakis was, I think, hovering up like 89% or 90% on audience reactions. And look, it starts Danny Trejo. I, I'm, I was thinking this is really interesting. And basically, this movie is, the trailer looked really interesting. There's It centers on, there's something that's going on in Afghanistan, there is some kind of skirmish out in the middle of the desert. Actually, there's a little bit of a outpost around the area. And you think it's going to be some, it's going to be, you know, just the U.S. Army or military versus the Taliban or Afghan forces. But really, it's not really, a, it's a little bit about that, but it centers on this monster called Carnoctus, which is, which, Carnoctus is a weird looking monster. I, I, I'm sure Bruce and Eric will have a better the description of what the Carnoctus is. The Carnoctus lives in a cave and the Carnoctus loves to kill human beings. And what happens as you think it's going to be one thing about, you know, Afghan rebels or the Taliban or whatever versus the U.S. No, it's not that. It's members of the U.S. Army or the forces. They team up with a bunch of mercenaries to survive, to get out of this cave. They have to get out of this cave and they have to leave. They, there's some treasure in the cave as well. So they want to leave the cave with some treasure and also escape the clutches of the Carnoctus. That it felt like a very fun movie. I just finished it recently and I'm going to spoil it right now. I'm just going to say I was, 
highly disappointed in the way this movie. I wanted to, to really just have a really good time. I wanted this to be a three star banger. It just didn't click for me on on many in, on most levels. Liked some of the performances. I liked some of the actors. I think the lead actor is Nick Chinland or something like that. He's very good in this movie for what he has to work with. But yeah, I was. A big surprise. One of the big surprises of the year for me as far as being disappointed by the Prey legend of Carnoctus. Wondering what you're thinking, Bruce, on this movie. Um, well, uh, I guess I didn't go into it with high hopes. It looked kind of to be what it was, which to me, this is okay. If you enjoy those kind of campy, low-budget movies, those, those kind of the Sharknado-y, the sci-fi original style movies, you know – this would be fine for you. I, I'm not really into those as much. I, if it's going to be low budget, I like it to just, I would rather have it not try to bite off such a big, a big kind of story. Like this is the kind of movie that should be a predator or a aliens or something like that, but they don't have the budget for that. So you're going to do a lot of things to cheat. You know, you're going to be in a cave the whole time, pretty much, <laughs> you know, you're going to hide your, your monster a lot. Uh, and, and that just kind of makes it disappointing when they could have used that budget. And maybe done something a little more focused and made it, to me, more fun. But that being said, there's some people who really like that kind of thing. Like, you know, they like to get a Saturday night, go find their 10-headed shark attack movie or whatever it is, you know, for that week. And they'll probably have a pretty good time with this. It's not it's not the worst I've ever seen. It's got some, some fun moments and some flourishes. It's definitely not mailing it in 100%. But that being said, it's not really... Not really what I would go out of my way for. <laughs> but and there way. is a warm warning, okay? If you're looking, you, you see Adrian Paul, if you might have liked him from the Highlander series, or or Danny Trejo, this is a warning. They're yeah. in the movie very... They have their section in the movie, but considering they're just not yeah. in the... Yeah. It, this, is one of, this is definitely one of those where they, they, put the, they can put the names on the box, and they can name it Prey something... Uh, the month before the other Prey movie comes out, that's a, basically the brand new um, Idris Elba what, film, Predator right? Predator oh. movie. It's a brand yeah. new Predator movie coming out in Hulu called Prey in like less than a month. So all that that's my cynical side. My not cynical side says the people <laughs> making this movie actually wanted to make something kind of fun, and it became this. It probably was originally called Carnoctus or something like that, and the studio said, "We don't know what that is. Call it Prey Carnoctus." I was like, okay, sure. Anyway. <laughs> That's all I got to say, I guess. <laughs> Eric Holmes, save the day. Maybe you are the maybe you are the life preserver. Maybe you really love this movie. I'll say this is a better version of the Asylum movies. Uh it it's uh it, it looks pretty good for like a movie of this type. Um this uh, like even the even the cheesy effects in this, like I don't I I think they were mostly effective. Like Bruce said, they they hid the effects a lot, but I mean, if you're low budget, you kind of got to do that. Uh, they didn't have a, um, from what I recall, they didn't have like a scene where the Carnoctus is out in broad daylight for 30 seconds, so you can see in full glory how shitty the CGI is. Like <laughs> yeah. it, they 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 managed their uh, expectations and their and their effects pretty well for the most part. Um, parts I had problems with was the. Um, the dialogue was a bit too much. Yeah. Uh, like a lot too much. Cause I look, I love cheesy one-liners as much as the next guy, but if you want those to really, uh, if you want those to really land the best, you have to show restraint. Like they did with the, with the, uh, like they did with the effects, you know, Hey, we don't have that much money. We have to, we have to show some restraint here and there and kind of 
kind of show what we can when we can to make it the most effective. And if I think if they had that kind of mindset going into how the dialogue would be between the characters and the cheesiness, um, you know, kind of uh, don't go so hard on it. Just kind of pump the brakes once in a while. You know, let's, let's get some downtime. Let's get some action. Now let's go in with the cheesy one-liners, you know, but um, I, I think it would have been more effective if they did like that. But as it is, um, it's mostly harmless and kind of kind of silly and stupid, but like in a fun way. Um, yeah, the, the, I, I think the best way I can put it is uh, it's like the asylum, but a better version of it. I, I think if this wasn't a, I don't know if this is a asylum movie or not, but if this wasn't a asylum movie, this would by far be their best one they've made. So, Eric, this was not a wasted view for you. This this was a value view as as a mild recommend. I didn't recommend. say that. <laughs> <laughs> no, this, this is uh, it's not quite a three star banger for me, but it, it's kind of it's kind of almost getting there. And they they hint at a sequel at the end of this. I could see it, like if the filmmakers of this learn any lessons from making this, this is a example, or this could be a situation where like the, this one's not great, but I could see a sequel of this being awesome. Like, you know, direct the direct the DVD or direct the video sequel of Karnak, like Karnak this too. Like I could see him knocking that out of the park, provided they learn the lessons, um, you know, of their mistakes on this one. And, you know, there's mistakes are, you know, what you would kind of expect from a movie like this. Yeah, I I was I was expecting a fun time. I was underwhelmed, and I, I hope at least uh, Eric, you at least really will give this a, a mild recommend. But for me, I'm giving this two stars uh, for the prey. I was gonna say Legend of Afghan Yeti one more time because I just want to say it. <laughs> I'm gonna say two stars I, for me. For, for they can yes. have that for free. That's that they can have that if they want. <laughs> they can have moniker. the prey Legend of Carnactus Bruce. What f you on that, Bruce? What is your rating on, on this movie? Uh, I'll give it two as well. Like once again, I did, it didn't anger me. It just wasn't. Uh, they could have added a little bit more Danzig. I think Danzig would have been a good addition to this Danzig. cast. Oh, <laughs> not to keep Danzig far away from this. <laughs> maybe make him be the Carnactus. <laughs> Eric, maybe you're gonna you're gonna wave your kindness kindness wand on this movie. Maybe this is a mild recommend, or maybe not. What is your rating? I I will also go with two stars, but a oh. two star is like a four and a half star asylum movie. So. <laughs> Okay. I, I think uh, I, it, it's a two star, but it's not an angry two star. It's a, yeah. a it's, this was, a, you know, not an angry two star. Okay, it, this was fine, but I'm 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 holding out hope for Carnactus too because I, 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 I see- think that I think they can I think they can level up on the next one. You know, just, reason, I expect to see Chad Wilfong has watched this within like a day from now. <laughs> we'll see. Well, you know, Chad Wilfong, who knows? Maybe he might give this one a five-star banger. Again, Chad Wilfong is one of our valued members on our Cinematics Facebook group. Let's see what he, you know, eventually he'll, he'll come around to see if that movie, The Prey, Legend of Karnakas, is worth it. Right now, the reason why we're reviewing it this week is this week it premieres on digital platforms. You can also get it on cable VOD as well. Maybe we're wrong. Tell us what you think of the Prey Legend of Carnactus. All all three of us gave it two stars. That just means karma-wise, none of us should go in a cave anytime soon because we might be eaten by some kind of monster because we were so so not not cool with this movie. Yeah, anyways, it should have had more Danny Trejo and, and, Adrian, and Adrian Paul. I was so excited oh. for that. He was at the beginning and end credits. 
(laughs) Technically, good good point, Eric Holmes, on that. Now, our last featured review this week is Girl in the Picture. It is a documentary on Netflix. I'm not a big fan of Eric or Bruce. Are you true crime fans as far as whenever there's like ID or these kind of first 48, these kind of um, shows? Do you watch these murder shows, true crime shows? I'm not not a fan of them. I, I, I can kind of take them or leave them. Meaning some of your family members will have them on on the television and then maybe you'll sit yeah. with them and you'll watch? Yeah, usually if they're on, I, you know, I, I might get roped in and go, oh, that's a cool story. Okay. And stick with it. But I'm not like, I'm not champing at the bit to watch everything true crime. My mom is addicted to four or five hours a day. Bruce, do you know anyone in your family or loved ones or maybe you, true crime addicts? Uh, do you have them? Not myself. I, I'm almost exactly what Eric said, which is, you know, I will hop in if sometimes it'll catch my eye, but my wife will watch. It's either those or she'll watch all of the, um, you know, 90 day fiance, but the people that were previously 90 day fiancés watching the new 90 day fiancés, you know, they're reacting to the other. I don't, but, and I walk in and I end up stopping and watching those for a while too. But um, yeah, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen many, many, many uh, forensic files and things in bits and pieces. So by default, right? Yeah. For sure. <laughs> quick, okay. quick question: Does uh, to catch a predator does that count as true crime? Um, I, it's on board. I think it's on the edge of. I it. mean, it, yeah. it's a crime, and it's true, yeah. so it's in yeah, the same category so. for sure. I think so. Okay, if to catch yeah. a predator counts, I'm all in on true crime. Yes, you guys don't ever see episode one eight seven of um, to catch a predator <laughs> because I'm featured subject. <laughs> they had a they had an episode where there was a there was an actor that got busted with that. Oh my gosh! I, I, I need to find it again and check out his IMDb. See if he worked on one of the Jeepers Creepers movies. Yes, you know, oh on God. my emails, which I never read, there is a movie that it's out on July fifteenth, sent by a publicist, and the title of this movie, which being a true crime or crime period, the, the title of this movie, I, I don't even know if we should even request this. July fifteenth on VOD, movie is called Girls to Buy. Talk about a talk about a title. I don't even. I, I want to look and <laughs> I'm wondering what that's about. Anyways, going back to Girl in the Picture. They're against it. I hope we're against. I hope it's something that it's not uh, objective, objectifying women. But speaking of which, girl in the picture, I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan of true crime whatsoever. Streaming on Netflix. One of the things I really appreciated about this, you can't really give a plot summary regarding this documentary because you're going to give away pretty much the whole kit and caboodle. But it, girl in the picture. There's a girl. There's a young woman in the picture. It, it starts off with there's a person who is, I believe discovered on the side of the road or bleeding or whatever, rushed to the hospital. She passed away in the hospital. That's not a spoiler. That's the first five minutes of the doc. And the rest of the documentary focuses on who is this person who died in um, that emergency room and, and who is this girl in the picture? Yes, Eric Holmes. I'm thinking, I'm thinking you can go one step further. Go ahead. They bring her to the hospital and then call her parents. Your daughter died. And the parents are like, our daughter was 18 months old when she died. And then that, that now the ball starts rolling from there. Right, right. And then, okay, cool. And then regarding the IMDb summary, it's just basically young mother's mysterious death and her son's subsequent kidnapping blow open a decades-long mystery. That is for IMDb. That's as far as we're going to go. Here's the thing I loved about Girl in the Picture. Going back to you and both, uh, both sides of the blade, Eric, you're not a fan of that genre. You ended up enjoying the movie. Three and a half, maybe even four stars. Three and a half stars for you. I I hate to I mean obviously the subject matter is very grim, but I ended up loving Girl in the Picture because of one main reason. 
it doesn't feel like exploitation to me. It was, it, it told what the event didn't feel sensationalistic. I just really was riveted by every single step of the way. And yeah, I, I highly recommend Girl in the Picture as far as just where this mystery wraps up. You're just, I was surprised that I was shocked. Maybe I'm not an expert at this, but I'm surprised where this went. Kind of blown away by just a lot of the events. Eric Holmes, girl in the picture. Did you feel the same way or, or not regarding this doc? Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Um, this was uh kind of, kind of like, as you say, it's right. It starts off, it hooks you. And then as it goes on, it's like, wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> and then they turn over another stone. It's like, wait, what's going on? It, it's uh, it's got a similar kind of flavor to our father. Or as it goes on, it just kind of keeps uh, kind of keeps peeling the onion back and just kind of gets more and more confusing and crazy, and uh, didn't quite didn't quite end where I thought it was going to be. Um, is that good or really, bad? Is that is that good or or you, it's just, it's good? I liked it, but I want to get much more into that because I think it might show too you know, to say right. too much. But mm-hmm. I I did like where it ended, and it's not at all where I thought it would go. Um, maybe I'll let you know off air what I thought of that. But um, yeah, this was this was a pretty good one. And again, not you know we mentioned that we're not huge true crime fans. I imagine this will be catnip for true crime fans because I okay. think it, I, I think it's got the hallmarks of those maybe of what attracts people. I, I'm assuming yeah, my I, mom I could be way off. My I mom seen, saw it. She saw it before any of us did. I got yeah. <laughs> I got her onto my Netflix iPad and she she felt she loved it. So. But I'm I'm thinking the the draw for these kind of uh, shows is the what happens next, you know, you uh, overturn the stone. It's like what the, and then you follow that for a while, and then you turn over another stone. What? Whoa! It's going somewhere else, and then you follow that. Uh, the the don't fuck with cats kind of had the sort of same sort of thing. Like as you go, you just keep peeling the onion back more until you get to the end. It's like okay, I I don't know how we ended up here, but cool. Yeah, and, then, and then it all actually happened. Like it's a documentary shit that really happened, which is even more weird. Yeah, and also, I mean, I again, um, I'm pretty ignorant with this genre, but you obviously the most important people are, are are the victims or the people involved in this these criminal cases. But then you realize that the law enforcement, the the FBI, or some of the the, the journalists or the writers who get involved in a case, a case which. It's not just a case to sell them. I mean, some, sometimes these kind of cases will last years and take up years of their, their professional career, maybe even bleed on, bleed into their personal lives. It's, you could see the people involved within this whole case, how it affected them. Bruce, you're a, probably a de facto expert compared to me and Eric because you're defaulting. When you aggregate all those default hours you spend watching <laughs> forensic files, if you just add them in one big supercut, you might have hours on me to, at least. Your thoughts on Girl in the Picture? Uh, I think I'm in line with you guys. Uh, it's it's very compelling. It uh, definitely keeps drawing you in as it unpeels the layers of the mystery. Um, also, I noticed the director of this is this is also the director of Abducted in Plain Sight, which is also a really excellent documentary along similar lines that made a big buzz a couple years ago. So this director is is obviously kind of tapping into this, but. At the same time, they're telling a compelling story that I don't think everyone knows. I, I didn't know this story. So you're not going for the, the, you know, John Wayne Gacy's and the Mansons and all these kind of known stories that they tell over and over again. It's, it's talking more and it's going what, like you said, more from the, the point of view of the, the victims, the family members and the, uh, officers and investigators and kind of how they have this lifelong impact from 
this unfolding event that we didn't know all the facts about, and they didn't know all the facts about either. Um, the only caveat I would give to this, once again, it's a good, it's good, I think as well, is this is not going to be an uplifting experience. It might be a maddening experience. It might be a really frustrating experience for some people. So I think if you're already into this kind of true crime thing, you're probably going to be kind of steeled for that. Yes. But if you're not, this might be a real bummer. This might not be, this might not be for you. It, it's good, but just kind of know that going into it. This isn't going to be, uh, you know, Hey, they're going to find the girl at the end and save her. You know, I mean, you start out with the girl, the woman being dead and finding out where she came from. So you kind of know that, but it gets worse. <laughs> I'll just say it, that. It does get worse. <laughs> I was going to say, well, Bruce, there are some nice moments. And it's Not like, really. what, what, what are you, Greg, what are you no. talking about? <laughs> every new thing you discover, almost every, almost every single thing you discover in this movie as it goes along is, is crazy and shocking and more depressing. <laughs> there's right. a, there's, I don't think there's many that aren't in this movie. So that would be my big, like, Hey, watch out. Be you know, tread softly. And again, I'm not. I'm just personally. I don't know if true crime projects have these kind of things, but there's not really these big smash cuts or big reveals or big reaction shots or quick cutting. It just the girl in the picture. When you're, you can sit down. I, wanna, I was gonna say. I was gonna say you can just sit down and relax into this documentary. You can't really relax into it. <laughs> you can't do that. But you that's, can. That's a way to put it. Right. Get some popcorn. Put on your slippers. Right. Right. No, but this is. It actually tells the story in a very coherent and non-exploitative fashion, in my opinion. So for me, I'm actually surprised. Just like Eric was with both sides of the blade. I'm giving this movie four stars. This is just a solid recommend. If, as a non-fan of the genre, I was, I'm upscaling it because I, I was pleasantly surprised. So four stars for me, Eric Holmes. Um, about the same four stars. Okay. Four stars. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, as good a version of this kind of story as you want to tell. Okay. Very cool. I'm going to, I do my, my scissor hands edits every single week, podcast listeners. So I'm going to make sure I'm going to use that four stars and just going to intersplice Eric's four star reaction into the prey legend of Karnaktis. So we get more views on our YouTube channel. I'm cool with that. <laughs> You're cool with that. Yes, we are. My name's Eric Holmes and I approve this message. <laughs> and also find your film podcast.com for our merch. Eric Holmes is really working hard on getting our merch. Sometimes you'll send it all over the world. Okay, so if you're in South America, you'll send it to you. If you're out in Brussels, we're out in Mars, will you send it out to Mars? Um, I'll fold it into a paper airplane and see how far it gets. <laughs> yeah, how far it gets. Eric Holmes with a very generous level of postage. Bruce Perky, your rating on Girl in the Picture. I am also four stars. And once again, we said this several weeks in a, in a row. It's not a series. It's a single I'm- movie. <laughs> Good point. Yes. Good point. Uh, yes, yes. I almost want to bump it up four and a half for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, we're being very... I'm not gonna, but I almost want to. We're being real snobs when it comes to TV shows. And I feel like maybe, is that the right thing way to go? But I just can't help it, man. I think, just... it, I think it has to do with how long the story needs to be. There's TV shows where like the... the I mean, I don't watch a lot of them because I can't because, you know, we got to watch so many movies throughout the week. But uh, <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Oh no, it's fine because the here's the thing about movies: they end. The movies don't stop halfway through and go, "Ah, we're done." What do you mean you're done? Yeah, we canceled the movie. Like that doesn't happen. Also, a lot of times, like with the 
with the miniseries, um, you you see them spinning their wheels a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I saw a lot of this with the uh, the Star Wars on the Disney Plus before I boycotted that. Or it's like a Mandalorian. It's like they got a great first episode. Or, or I, it's even Walking Dead fucking did that after Frank Darabont left. It's mm-hmm. like, we're going to have a great first episode, get you hooked. And then nothing happens until the very last episode where they got to end in the cliffhanger to get you coming back next season. It's yeah. like, that's not, that's, you're not telling a story. You're, yep. you're, you're pumping out content. And, yes. uh, you know, they, with the movie, you know, if you tell an hour and a half movie, it should be an hour and a half. If you're going to have a four hour movie, you can do that, but it should earn the runtime. If, if yeah. you're going to have, if you're going to have like an hour and a half of that four hours, just make a two and a half hour movie. It's not that difficult. Yep. It feels to me that even really great TV shows, they string along the viewers based on goodwill, something meaning the first couple of episodes, they hook you in and then they just string you along and Honestly, there goes our sweet syndication money that we'll get on a podcast from all the TV networks. But hey, you know, we're, we're targeting the indies, Bruce. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with us not selling to the TV, TV big cash cows? I'm good. Let's You're do good. it. We're good. Let's do it. Okay. So girl in the picture, at least, hey, that's Netflix. We're, we're, we're kind of in bed with Netflix, not streaming on Netflix. All of us gave us four stars, but no, we still have integrity. We will not change our ratings if the Prey Legend of Carnotis returns in six months to Netflix. Check out our initial review right now. Oh, it's we on will... Netflix? I no, give that movie three and a half stars. <laughs> What, very, what I meant to say earlier. You meant very, very funny, Eric Holmes. Okay, let's get to our recommendations. I'm going to do a little bit of a mini edit here. They're, Bruce and Eric, they're going to talk about, I think, the black phone in a in a hodgepodge. So I, I want to just address this to Bruce and Eric. You, you guys are going to do a spoiler episode. We're going to put it on the hodgepodge, a very quick one. But maybe as far as just instead of, instead of like reviewing it or plot summary, can both of you just give reaction should people go see this movie this weekend and and why spend their hard-earned cash for this yes um i mean it's, it's been out a while and you know I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people who wanted to see it have seen it already but i i was quite surprised with this because i'm not a huge scott derrickson fan i remember watching sinister and you know it was fine and uh what, what was the other one that deliver us from evil with eric van right mm-hmm. i did the press junket <laughs> That one was fine. Um, I don't remember much of either one of them. Doctor uh, Strange, when you saw Doctor that? Doctor Strange was fine. Like His movies are like... I, I haven't seen a movie of his that I hated, but none of them really stick with me. This one kind of had a, a really good sense of uh, atmosphere and dread uh, that I was kind of taken aback by because I, I, you know, I knew... I, at least I thought I knew what I was in for. This reminded me a lot of Jeepers Creepers. Hmm. Or the first time I saw Jeepers Creepers, I was just like, oh, this is another one of those, uh, I know what you did last summer movies, it's going to be stupid, and I watch it, and then I'm like, oh, this is pretty good. <laughs> this is pretty good. This kind of surprised me in the same way. Nothing's going right. You can let me go. I'm thinking about it. I promise I won't tell anyone. You can blindfold me, drop me off on the street, I'll walk home. Well, tell me your name. Taylor. Taylor Mullen.
I was really starting to like you, Finny. I almost let you go. And as far as I know, Scott Derrickson's not a pedophile, so I don't have to feel bad about watching it either. So no. that's an extra thumbs up for that. Um, yes. What is your yeah, rating they, on this? I don't know. Right now it's a four, but I mean, uh, I'm guessing this could probably climb like when I watch it more. Oh, because I, the, there was just it, it just did too many things right. And right, like right now, it's not like my favorite of the year, but it's like the more I'm thinking about it, the more it's climbing. And and I, I guess me and Bruce will get that into it when we talk about the black phone along with the short story. I think this is a rare case where the movie's better than the story, the short story. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. and we'll talk about why when we do the spoilers. But, yeah, this, this is good stuff. We don't do any more spoilers, Eric Holmes, after oh, our discussion. Well, then, then never mind. I, was <laughs> I thinking lied about I, everything. I was thinking Come after our discussion. gets four stars now. <laughs> after our discussion of the Book of Henry, I think it just sealed the deal for me because after watching that movie, my brain was forever altered. I still can't, I still can't get over the Book of Henry. Bruce Berkey, can you get over the, over the black phone? Eric, Eric was really impressed. Four stars with room to grow. Did this movie really knock you out when you saw it? Yeah, I liked it quite a bit too. I, I guess the only selling point I would put on top of what Eric said, well, first of all, you're going to need to listen to the HodgePod. We're going to spoil it. We're going to talk about spoilers and we're going to compare it to the short story. You can find the short story audio versions all over the place, but you can go to YouTube, find it. But here is somebody who went from a Marvel and now went to a small movie that's much more independent, which is better. And you can watch it and give it money instead of a Marvel this weekend, which you should probably do. But I would give it four and a half stars. Four and a half stars from Bruce Perky. Bruce, can I actually cut out your Marvel comment as we're recording this right now? Because I want that no, sweet. No, you can't. No, I, I want the sweet. Hey, Eric, the sweet Marvel money? Huh? How about if they give us a sweet Marvel money? No? I'm just surprised <laughs> Bruce gave us four and a half stars. The exact same score I gave Karnoctis earlier. <laughs> oh, very good. Very good. Um, what do you mean? Just, I think I gave it that too. I, now, if you listen back, you're probably going to hear my voice saying four and a half stars. <laughs> Folks, we're so desperate. We are trying to change our ratings because we need that sweet, sweet cold catch. If you want some really great, good merch, find your film <laughs> podcast. Sweet, sweet Karnoctis money. <laughs> <laughs> find your film podcast.com. Again, Eric Holmes is really working, working really hard to get our merch out there. So, I, you know what? I still haven't ordered the merch. I keep forgetting I have to watch so many movies and I'll do all these things. I'm going to start ordering this weekend and I'm going to wear it next week for our Find Your Film podcast as well. And yeah, next recommendation is doing some extra homework this week is Bruce Perky because why? Yes. He, Bruce Whoa. is very religious. God told him to watch another movie. Bruce, are you... Well, are you it was like a, it was like a, a ray of light shone down upon me and gave me a message because you did a posting about yes. the 4K release yes. of the Larry Cohen movie God told me to. Hi. At the same time, it popped up on Shutter this week. Hello, Shutter, <clears throat> and um, <clears throat> Bruce loves Shutter. Okay, I had ne I had had this on my watch list and never got around to watching it. Uh, when I watched that Larry, Co I think it was called King of Cohen, the Larry Cohen. Yeah, King Cohen. Yeah, King Cohen. Yeah. Uh, one of the movies I kind of flagged that I hadn't seen of his, kind of from his heyday, um, was this movie God Told Me To. So, and if you look at the posters, they vary, but one of them says God Told Me To, and then big red letters, kill. You know, they, they add that on one of the posters. 
So let me just say this. Tony Lobianco's in this and yeah. he has you'll know him, listeners, and once you see his face, you're gonna oh, I've seen this guy a million times. And it also I believe her name is Sandy Dennis from Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf. Is yep. it the yeah, you're gonna get to it in a second. Just an amazing cast. So hopefully this yeah. movie lives up to to uh the cast. Deborah Raffin is in this. Uh you right. might if you've seen seventies movies, you've probably seen her as well. Yes. Uh, and there's a bunch of character actors that I don't even know their names that I could look it all up, but they're in this as too. Now, one of the things to know about Larry Cohen, he is known for being this kind of guerrilla filmmaker. Like he started, he kind of cut his teeth with black exploitation movies and he would notoriously just get a car, have a guy hang on to the outside of it, film it and just go down the street in New York somewhere. No permits, nothing, no, no, no insurance, nothing. He did that kind of stuff a lot. In the movie Q he did, which is like a giant winged serpent running around the city with Michael Moriarty. Uh, at one point, I think they're supposed to be shooting at it from windows and stuff. And the cops are being called because they think that someone's shooting. So this movie, <laughs> the scene that's like that in this movie is the uh, St. Patrick's Day parade with all the police in New York City is happening. He doesn't get a permit. He just films it and it makes it part of the movie. And in fact, I think this counts. One of the trivia I read about this, it counts as uh, Andy Kaufman's first screen appearance because Andy Kaufman was also in the parade without a permit, dressed as a cop, doing some shtick. So he gets caught on film by by Larry Cohen. Anyway. All of that is beside the point. <laughs> this is a really weird movie. So once again, you're in that New York of 19, what is this? 19, I didn't write it down. 1978, 76. Okay, yeah, 70, 77, yeah. And so it's that, you know, taxi driver era, scuzzy New York, all gross, lots of, lots of sweaty people. And uh, <laughs> this movie starts out and people are just walking down the street and they start getting shot by a sniper. They're, they're just getting shot right and left. And uh, Tony Tony LaBianco, Peter, the cop, he he runs there, and they you know they point out, and they eventually figure out like, oh, there's a guy, he's up on the he's up on the water tower on top of the building over there, he's shooting from there, so he climbs all the way up, and he gets right next to the guy, he's like you know trying to negotiate with him, like you know you know don't shoot me, I got no gun, you know you know why are you doing this, you know put down your gun, and of course the guy just says, God told me to, and then the guy jumps off the building, and then the next I don't know half hour of this film is various people basically losing their minds and shooting people or doing some kind of random murders in the city. And when they get caught, their 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 dying breath or their dying words are, God told me to. And this cop, played by Tony LaBianco, becomes obsessed with figuring out what is going on. Is this a cult? Is Are people being possessed? I mean, this is post-exorcist. You know, what is happening? And I won't tell you what the twist is, but the twist is very bonkers. Uh, it makes no sense. Does it work? It's, Does a twist work uh, it, for you? Uh, it works in this sort of movie. You got to remember, this is the guy who made It's Alive. This is the guy, <laughs> this is the guy that made The Winged Serpent in New York City. That's Quetzalcoatl. So, uh, yes, this is a three-star banger kind of work. So, this is one of those B-movies that's way better than it needs to be, is way more imaginative than it needs to be, and is just odd. I could compare what the ending is like, but I don't want to because that would give you an idea of how it changes from what you're expecting. Because if I compared it to the ending of some other genre movies, you'd be like, oh, oh, it's like that? I'm not going to say that because you don't know where it's going. 
All I will say is at the beginning, it looks like it's a cross between Dirty Harry and The Exorcist, maybe, or a cult, and you're not sure what's going on, and it goes somewhere else. Wow. Okay, so that is God told me to. It is going to be out on 4K and Blu-ray later this month, but specifically, it's currently streaming on Shutter. Yes, Bruce? One other bit of trivia. <laughs> Larry Cohen at one point was being interviewed by this French filmmaker asking, or not French, but this, this, this international filmmaker asking all these questions. And at one point, the, the filmmaker said, like, if I ever was able to, would you be okay if I remade this movie? God told me to. And Larry Cohen said yes. And that filmmaker was Gaspar Noe. Whoa. <laughs> so we'll see amazing. if it ever happens. <laughs> that is so amazing. So he has a fan in Gaspar Noe and possibly a fan with you, Bruce. You're giving this I'm, – I'm assuming your rating is a three-star banger for God told me to. Yeah. I mean, realistically, it's – I don't know. It's maybe three and a half, but it's better than three and a half, as as Eric would be telling you, telling you a three-star banger is because – it has that extra, extra je ne sais quoi that you can't quite describe when until you see it. Didn't we cover a Larry Cohen film earlier in our in movie mainline days or find your film? Didn't one of you guys cover that? No, the stuff. Didn't we talk about the mm, stuff? The stuff. Yeah, the stuff. Okay, very good. Uh, Eric, have you seen God Told Me To yet? Because mm-hmm. it's not it's yet. A, do you think it's an Eric movie, Bruce? Uh, what do you yet. think? <laughs> oh, you're seeing yes. <laughs> I, I, I was already going to watch. I just didn't have time this week, but that, that will be seen. <laughs> okay. Very, very cool. God told me to maybe me and Eric, we're going to go see it on Shutter. But again, 4K. Book. How's it uh, How's it compared yeah. to the, the book? The book. God <laughs> told me to. The book. God told me to. Is it based off the Bible or something? Uh, yeah, well, uh, I'm not going to uh, say. Spoilers. spoilers. Uh, gotcha. You're not going to say. Okay, get it. That's God told me to. It's a three-star banger from Bruce Perky. Before we get to what's in the bleeping box, I forget whose turn it is. I think it would be my turn because I'm going to do it the boring way. One of our one of our compatriots, one of our buddies, Pete Abeta from Middle Class Film Class is a weekly podcast he hosts with Tyler Noe. Who else? Tyler Noe and it's Joseph Navarro. Yeah, Joseph, not very good. Eric Holmes, before, as Bruce is shaking, shaking the box, what is what kind of shaking does Pete Beta do on a given week, Mr. Holmes? Hey, yo, Pete, why don't you drop that beat? Pete, come on, you can do it. Drop it, Pete. Who's in the box? Oh, uh, what's in the box? You lie! No! What's in the fucking box? Well, last week I had pulled out of the box a promising young woman, which I think I had put in there myself because this is every year. I know you guys probably have this experience too. Every year there's a few movies you really wanted to watch, and for whatever reason you didn't get around to watching it. You just didn't. It didn't happen. So I'm kind of forcing my hand to make sure I watch some of those movies. Like for last year, I think it was maybe Licorice Pizza, which I probably need to put in the box. I never got around to watching it. Mm. But anyway, promising young woman was one of those, and I think a little over a year ago, Eric actually brought it to the show. And I'm pretty sure he he thought it was a pretty good movie. And um, so I finally saw it. So directed by uh, Emerald Fennel. Fennel? Fennel? Uh, this is available on HBO, but I had to rent it because I don't have HBO Max. Uh, but renting it is worth it for sure. It uh, stars Carrie Mulligan as Cassandra. And Bo Burnham is the other kind of, I guess, main character. But there's a ton of very famous people in uh, various roles in this. I don't think you ended up watching it, did you, Greg? No. I didn't get. I didn't get a chance. So So I'll just really quick. It's a promising movie. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I'll just give the quick little recap of what it is because most people probably are aware. But if you're not, it starts out and it 
you can't see me because we don't do the video anymore. But um, basically, every night, um, the Carrie Milligan character will, um, she goes to bars or nightclubs. She pretends to be drunk. She lets guys pick her up to, quote, help her home. And invariably, they take her back to their place and they try to put moves on her, assuming that she's, you know, barely conscious and they can take advantage of her. And then right as it starts to get to that point, she basically reveals that she is fully sober and she doesn't hurt them or anything. She just basically calls them on it. She says, oh, hello. Well, why are you doing this? Or something like that. You know, like, do you know my name? Like, why? Why? Well, you don't want, you don't want me now, now that I'm able to just be a, a cogent person in front of you. You don't want to do anything now. So, um, and that's kind of the beginning of the movie and that already come, will throw you off. But as the movie progresses, you discover what has led her to this point and where she is going with this. And this movie becomes very interesting. I think it goes places I did not expect it to go. I, I think it's interesting because this year we had men, which is made by a man, but kind of about the nature of men and, and how they interact with women and can be very, um, very uh, dangerous in a variety of ways. This movie is much more, in some ways, I think much more daring, maybe not more daring as far as like film style, but more daring in story. This movie is all about what, what makes a person responsible and what they are guilty of and how long are they guilty for that? And at what point are they guilty? You know, and she is basically going, this is like the anti-revenge revenge movie. It doesn't let you off the hook in a way. A good revenge or not a good revenge. This is a very good movie, but it's not a revenge movie. Revenge movie is like, Hey, someone did me wrong. I'm going to go there, get them. I'm going to kill them. I'm going to attack them. I'm going to, you know, drag them into justice. This movie is much more, daring and it's very very dark um I, mm. i'm not being very coherent on this but no this no you is, are i'm understanding it yeah this movie's fucking amazing this movie is very good i think this movie is going to age extremely well because you got several things going on here bold very confident direction very very amazing and vibrant individual scenes with characters that are very interesting and interactions that are very interesting and then a lead character who is complex and intriguing and pulls you through the entire entire story and then an ending that is absolutely uncompromising that will turn people off a lot of people will be turned off by the ending but i think the ending is what just raises this up higher and i think this is a movie that might seem like it's topical you know and kind of in the moment but I think if anything, it's going to age even better and become like, I think it's going to become a classic of its age. I think this movie in like 20 years will be looked at back at as a milestone film. So even with era. all the praise it received, you, th you think it's really, in a way, a, a little bit underrated because this is close to pretty much yes. a classic kind. Oh, okay. I do right. think it's underrated. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I think we heard about, heard a lot of buzz about it, but you know, so many times you hear buzz about this is the buzzy movie of the year and you see it and you're like, Oh, it was good. I think this beats out that buzz. I think it's better than that buzz. Okay. So that is, I'm assuming this is a four and a half to five for you, Bruce. This is a five star classic. Five star classic. Top for rating. Top rating. I can give a movie. My goodness. Okay, I had no idea how much you love this movie. Five star classic and for promising I, young. Woman. I don't know about Eric, but I think you really like the ending too, right, Eric? On this one. Yeah, yeah. The end, it's been a while since I've seen it, but the I remember the ending was kind of. Uh, um, Can't really say. <laughs> yeah, it, it went places I wasn't expecting. 
Um, and it held p- feet to the fire that I didn't think the movie would go. Yep. Because like, there, there was like, even when it came out, there was buzz that, oh, this is a, this is a men suck the movie. And it, it had that in there, but that's not the point. It, you know, mm-hmm. it, it had a, it had a much wider scope than that. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and the, the ending, yeah, the ending went for it in ways that I wasn't expecting. That okay. and it's just it's just impeccably made. Like film filmmaking wise, it's really well made. And also, also I describe. I mean, everyone kind of praised um, Carrie Milligan's performance. I think she might have got nominated for an Oscar. Really well deserved because she not only has to act very effectively as her character, but half of the movie is her acting as a character who is acting. You know, it's that double level thing, right? Because she's going and pretending to be drunk, pretending to be these, and then then turning it on, then turning it off and doing all these different levels. And that part, it's very impressive. Okay, that's a five-star classic from Bruce Berkey for Promising Young Woman, currently available as of this recording streaming on HBO Max, or you can get it on digital on-demand, which is how Bruce got it. Eric saw this, I guess, when it came out, and he also gave us a very... Not just a promising review, he gave it also a very solid review when it came out. He really loved the movie as well. So that is it for this week. Before we get into, before we close things down, we need to figure out what really is in the box for next week. It's very. What's in the box? What's in the box? This is actually strange kismet um, because I did not know this was going to happen, but one of the only Gaspar Noe films I haven't seen, Love, I'm going to be seeing next week. Okay, 2015. Gaspar Noe film Love, which I think would say Promising Old Woman. It's like, yeah. no, it's a sequel already. <laughs> I'm Promising Old Perky. Now, come on now. <laughs> okay, so that is – who did you put that in yourself? Wait, you put that in yourself, Love for – I put that one in, yep. But okay. I have a lot in there. I have a lot in there from other people too. I put a note up, list up this week of like 20 or something from different people. In fact, Eric just added a couple more from his uh, appearance on what uh, Walk the Film or Walk the Cinema. Yeah, yeah. Before we go, walk the cinema. T- tell us about that, Eric Holmes. Your we put uh, your your thing on your find your film game recently on the Hodgepod. You were on this podcast as well. Yeah, uh, they, so they just uh, released it about the same day we released uh, ours, which was which was kind of the plan because we knew it was coming up, and I was like, I'll hit you up and we'll do something before it comes out. Uh, but I talked about uh, Last Man on Earth, the Vincent Price movie, and. They also have a merch page, uh, Walk the Cinema, and they made a special uh, Last Man on Earth Walk the Cinema shirt uh, just for my episode. So I'll be ordering that as well. Very, very cool. That's Walk the Cinema. Very husband and wife team. They're both podcasters on that. And they're. Yeah. They're just and like we'll, well, I, I'm sure we'll have them back on again. They're, they're pretty fun people. Okay. You know, Eric really loves collaborating with other people. I, I don't prefer it um, yeah do you prefer it bruce i'm, I'm not very good with the working well you've done it you've done it with pete right mm-hmm. i mean the podcast it is but you uh you're, you're are you a collaborator i was gonna suggest to them that um i come on there and that the week before we do it i pick a movie out of the box and we all do one of the movies from our box yeah that'll be that'll be interesting oh eric you got, you got an idea I, so with the with the walk the film um well, we, yeah, I, I had fun doing the the finder film game with them yeah and I'm still going to do some more with Steve, but if anyone listening would like to do a uh, Finder film, hop on with me at some point and do a Finder film game to put on the HodgePod. Uh, give me some ideas, and then we'll find a time, because I think it, it, it was fun getting other ideas out, outside of uh, mine and Steve's circle, because we talk a lot, but. We'll, we'll still do that, but I, I want to get more people on there as well. So Yes. 
If you want to hop in on the hodgepod, let me know. Yeah, the recent one was Ooh. on our yeah, sir. And uh, I'm sure Bruce is saving this, but uh, I wanted to remind him just in case he forgot. There's a uh, little game you've been playing on the cinematics. Oh yeah, we can go out. I can tell on the way out that yeah, yeah. Go- I started way out, a new yeah. game. I started a new game on cinematics. So if you're listening to this and not in our cinematics Facebook page, you need to you need to join that because it's the best movie page on the internet. I would say not even Facebook, world. just on the internet uh, in the world. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Even have you noticed Jason Kleberg on the end of his show? He says, "If you want to find me online, he says at Cinematics Facebook." Oh, page. very cool, yep. very good. Thank mm-hmm. you, Jason Kleberg from Force Five Podcast, or I like to call it the Force Five Movie Podcast, but it's Force Five Podcast. Go ahead, go ahead, Bruce. Yes. So we've been uh, so everyone has been playing like lately on there. There's this organized game called Framed, which is kind of like the cinema version of Wordle, right? Well, I thought, well, let's do our own little version of it called Find Your Frame. And I'll put a frame of a movie up there, and whoever gets it first gets a point. And I'm keeping a little document, so at the end of the month, I'll know who got the most points. There are only one point per day, so if you don't get it first, you don't get the point. And if I put up one frame and no one gets it after a couple hours, I'll put up another frame. And if no one gets it for a couple hours, I'll put up another frame. And eventually, if no one gets it at all, that day doesn't get it. And I'll have to figure out what the prize will be at the end of the month. Maybe it'll be you get to pick the movie I watch the next week, or maybe we'll get a merch, some merch piece to send them like a, a mug or a sticker or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. See what the people want. They can tell us. That is very good. Very, very interesting ideas. I'm glad, I'm glad someone, I'm, I'm glad Bruce Perky and Eric Holmes are coming up with different ideas for find your film and for our cinema, find your film and cinematics universe. I have no ideas. I'm just a lemming. I just like to, <laughs> I just like to actually live off the backs of, of Eric Holmes, Bruce Perky, and our buddy Anderson Cowan over at Cinematics. So again, join our Cinematics Facebook group. There, there's some really interesting people. Jack Fitzpatrick from Let's Crash This Parade, correct, Eric Holmes? That YouTube channel. Yes. Very good. Yes, yeah, very good. Uh, William Lindis. We have William Lindis from the Movie Bears podcast. You know, my some of my favorite cinephiles are, are Ken Cunningham and Joseph Bridges and Angie Clark. So me, Chad Wilfong, who is not going to be one of my favorite uh, cinematics group members when once received five stars. The, the, the Prey Legend of Karnoctis, a.k.a. The Prey Legend of Afghan Yeti. I, I'm just waiting for that five-star banger. Of course, there's Andrew Martin with Andrew Watches Movies. We have a lot of great cinephiles actually adding so much value to all of our our lives and movie recommendations at the Cinematics Facebook group. I was going to say podcast. Speaking of podcasts, final thoughts from Bruce Berkey, or was that your final thought? And should we leave? I I don't have any more final thoughts. Just go um, find your frame. Just go there. Go there right now, and you might find your frame. Go, go there. See you guys next week for Repo Man and Highway Patrolman. Take care.